It's time for Knox Talk, a behind-the-scenes look at the business side of college sports. Featuring Paul Sickman from Knox Sports and Brandon Parks from the Vol Network. Now for today's show. Welcome to another edition of Knox Talk. Today is Wednesday, June 23rd. I am indeed Paul, and my co-host from Rocky Top and the Ball Network is Brandon Parks. Brandon is sleepy because he is just back from an Omaha appearance where he was facing our special guest in the College World Series. Are we okay, my friend? And in a short answer, how was the experience? Experience was unbelievable um, for a college sports fan. Um, and you think about bucket list type events that you want to be able to attend and see in your life. Um, I can now check off that the College World Series. Um, Omaha is a, tradi- a traditional, terrific host site. I thought they do. I thought they, they do a fantastic job. Uh, and then the TD Ameritrade Park is is just a beautiful facility. But um, you know, to have much like a Final Four in basketball, to have to have different teams and fan groups all together and so forth, it creates an electric atmosphere and. Um, it did not disappoint. So f- a fantastic trip. Vols came up on the short end. Um, and uh, the irony of all ironies, we have a special guest today uh, who helped the Vols come up on the short end of the stick. But um, overall, terrific trip and uh, always good to be talking sports marketing. Yeah, man. Well, it is unbelievable. And I, that's what I love about it is that you got eight fan bases for those first four days that are the best fans uh, of the sport possible because they have to make a decision in six days on whether to go or not. Um, and the fans are great. The people of the city of Omaha is great. The bars are great. Everything about walking around is positive. It is, it is everything. And you, by the way, you can get in the ballpark for 20 bucks. I mean, it is just, everything is unbelievable. So, but our topic today is selling for your alma mater. And our special guest, as uh, was alluded to, we did not plan this. Um, I know Brandon damn sure didn't plan this. Uh, <laughs> our special guest uh, is uh, a man who, who, uh, who sells burnt orange. Uh, he works for the Texas Longhorn Sports Properties, and a good friend, Matt Priest. Welcome, Matt. Uh, thanks, Paul. Thanks for having me. And Brandon, good to hear you. So Matt and Brandon are both alumni of their universities they sell. And they're both 20-year guys who are very, very good at what they do. They both bleed uh, their special shades of orange. Uh, and, and I think that makes a unique situation. So that's what we wanted to make the whole podcast about today. I, you know, I, I'm going to start out with, you know, in my former life, uh, before the 20 some odd years of doing what I'm doing now, I worked in, a, in pro football for the Buccaneers, and I, and I was in the building uh, on a Monday, and I can tell you that when you work for that team, and you're in, it's a Monday morning, and the coaches are all walking around like they're like it's a morgue, and the place is just miserable, because at the Bucks, of course, we lost all the time then, I didn't, I, I'm the reason that they're, they're winning now, and not then, but, um, and, and so, it was miserable, just being in that building, and just having everyone be terrible, but I, I didn't have that option, I had to get up that morning, on Monday morning, come to work, and sell hope, I had to go out there, and, and dump all the emotions that were around me, and it was not that hard, because I didn't, go to the Buccaneers. I wasn't a former Buccaneer player. I wasn't any of those things. It was separate for me. But you guys are both, obviously, your fans and your alums, and you care so deeply. I know you both do. It's awesome. How is it for you guys on a Monday morning uh, after, a, after a loss to uh, kind of separate yourselves? I'll start with you, Matt. Uh, that's a great question, um, and it's very difficult. Uh, because we are so emotionally invested in it. Uh, certainly there are a lot of benefits that I'm sure we'll talk about as to working at your alma mater and the things that it brings to our job and helping us be successful. But in those moments, 
uh, after some really tough losses to Oklahoma in football or in championship games or, you know, get knocked out of the, the College World Series that we don't have for hope happens for a few more days. Um, that, that it can be hard, um, but, you know, deep breaths and you recognize that a lot of people you're talking to and your clients and your prospects aren't necessarily as emotionally invested as you. And so you spin and you sell hope. Like you said, that was, that was uh, perfect, Paul. Yeah. Brandon? You know, when you, when you get into this business, um, one thing I think you quickly learn is, is you're making a lifestyle decision. And um, so much about what we do in collegiate sports marketing is, is talking about our respective properties day in and day out, Monday through Friday during normal business hours. And then on the weekends, you're at events. Um, you're entertaining clients, you're activating sponsorships. Uh, and then you, you also wear this fan hat as well. Um, and, and so when you combine those two, you have to understand that, that it is a lifestyle decision. And I can remember back before I was at the ball network and even as a student at Tennessee, and this would have been during the nineties, we had a great run during that period of time. But if we lost a game on Saturday, I was devastated for the next week. And what happened most of the time would unplug from the football program or the basketball program and get away from it for a week. And I always wondered how a coach could respond, get right back to work first thing on Sunday morning to prepare for the next week's football game. And what you learn when you enter our business is you have to figure out how to reset as well. Um, and you've got to reset your business mind and, and talking to clients and how, how you approach them on, on, what their sponsorship means, what, how you're going to activate their sponsorship, how, how you're going to move on from a disappointment from that, the, that past Saturday. And I think Matt's right. I think a lot of the partners aren't as emotionally invested as we are. Um, and that's a hard thing to do. Um, and, and you, you really have to be able to compartmentalize that emotional part of it. But I do think the, the positives and the benefits far outweigh uh, any of the frustrations that we may have. And I think, I think it, it hopefully makes Matt and I a lot better because we are so emotionally invested. Yeah, I get that. But, but let's before we dump in the positives, because there are a ton of them, I just want to ask that one question to Matt. So, Matt, is there mm -hmm. something special you do to reset? I mean, is there something <laughs> that you do? Like, you know, hey, it, it's it's Sunday in our case, right? Or, or it's it's I have all Sunday to go play golf and do something else and, and just remove myself so that you come in Monday and say, let's go. Or, I mean, what do you do to reset? Yeah. Well, I mean, I applied the 24 hour rule from years of competing in sports and coaching now, uh, even, you know, my little leaguers and things, right? Whether good or bad or otherwise, you flush it after 24 hours. So in the case of football, we are fortunate to play on Saturdays and Sunday is generally a day off in our world. Uh, so I got 24 hours to get it to get my head right and flush it or enjoy it. And then, yeah, you come in Monday renewed and ready for that next competition, whatever it may be, um, and start looking forward to that because every next game is an opportunity to be back on the right side. So yeah. um, definitely live by the 24 hour rule. I get it. Try I get to. it. And, and, and you know what guys, I mean, and I, you know, I can understand knowing both of you as long as I have, it is awesome to buy from you guys. I mean, I, I get to negotiate with you, but here's the advantage is that, you know, the programs, you know, the coaches, you know, everything so well uh, that you can come up with unique perspectives and, and uh, about your program and about where it's going. And because you are deeply a fan, you're not removed. Um, and because it's not just about bleeding, because you really care so much, you kind of have a feel based on 15, 20, 30 years of experience with a program, where it's going, where it can go. 
uh, and you can kind of give that to your clients, you know, maybe some special this or you go, hey, listen, I, 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 I would tell you right now, we got a, we got a softball program that's going to go here. I, I think that it might be a time, good time to jump on. Whatever that is, you guys have that. Mm-hmm. And so talk about that. Matt, I'll start with you about how the passion can kind of bleed right into a, cl- a, a client and kind of sweep them along uh, and expound on that. Uh, absolutely. Well, um, that's a great lead in because I like to say, or we like to say, I shouldn't con- attribute it just to me, is that it's a passion, not a pitch. Um, and uh, Brandon said it well, right? This is a lifestyle. This is an identity. It's not a job. There's an aspect of dedication and commitment and loyalty that I don't think can be manufactured by someone who hasn't necessarily attended the school where they work. And I've caught myself emotional countless times over the years giving a presentation when talking about our coaches or our teams and players accomplishments or sharing cool sizzle reels that I'm proud of that shows off our facilities or recounting famous games and firsthand experiences and people get people pick up on that and it pulls them in right they want to be a part of that connection it's infectious in a good way um in this day and age uh and so (laughs) having Having being able to admit that emotion and engage people in that way, I think, is something that's unique to those who have experienced it, as you said. And I think with the years of experience having I mean, I came to school at Texas in 96. I started as an intern in 98. Here we are in 2021. I've seen every up and every down. And if you have a narrow frame of reference and you've only been there for a certain period of time and the teams have only been good or the teams have only been bad, you may not be built to handle the ups and downs. But I have seen four and seven and I have seen national championships on, you know, that's the football comparison, but across all sports. So I know this is the nature of it and there are going to be bad days and there are going to be good days and hopefully there are a lot more good days. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And Paul, I'll jump in. I think Matt's, Matt's exactly right. And if, if, if you're a seller in college sports marketing and you're selling sponsorships for a specific school, authenticity is so important mm-hmm. because clients can totally see through whether you truly believe in your product or not. And, and I think that's one of the things that's probably been helpful to Matt and I. Um, and, and I also have to remember why you do ride that wave of the seeing the best of times and seeing the worst of times. As far as our business goes, what drives our business are the fan bases of each of these schools. Without the fans, there's nothing to market to. Um, And and we have to oftentimes remind ourselves that these fans continue to come back. Uh, They're they're certainly with you in the greatest of times, but it's remarkable to me how they fill the stadiums or the arenas, even in challenging times. Um, and, and I think those fan bases are, are what we lean on, um, you know, and furthermore, as a representative of Tennessee, and I'm sure Matt feels this way with Texas, while we compete on the field and we compete in the court, I also look at what we do within our Vol Network office as our game representing the University of Tennessee. And, and when we have a challenge on Saturday, I still got to go out and compete in my game on Monday, and and you obviously want to do the best job you can uh, for your institution. You know, it's funny you got you said this, Brandon. You said authenticity in sales, and and it's what's interesting is I you know I, I have a unique perspective, and I get to deal with you know sailors all over the country. I, I can tell really really quickly when the person I'm talking to doesn't either a know the product or worse bleed the product at all. They're just a seller. And it, and it, it mm-hmm. does, you can tell that pretty quickly. And I'm sure you guys have had people on your staff that are just out there selling and they're, and they don't, 
even if the product's great, I mean, you both have incredible products to sell, regardless of wins and losses, you have incredible products to sell, but if you're not bleeding it a little bit, it's hard, right? I mean, college athletics, college athletics is about passion because that's what it's about. But what happens, have you guys ever sat down with a seller on your staff or around you and said, hey, hey, come on now, I know you did, I know you went to Arkansas or something, but we need you here, come on, step this up. You want to go first, Brandon? <laughs> sure, I'll, I'll jump in. And, and this happens a lot of times with younger sellers, and I can probably tell you in my early days, in the early 2000s, I was probably guilty of this. I was so overwhelmed as a younger seller on just trying to understand the product uh, that I was representing, trying to understand the sales process. I was very green. And the one thing that Steve Early, who is our general manager, continued to impress upon me is is to not overcomplicate the process. Let your passion for your university come through. That passion will do the selling for you. And and sometimes I think we we overcomplicate a lot of things. Um, and and in what we do, it's it's all about passion. It's if, if you bring passion, energy, and you've got the numbers to a fan base to back it up, that's a compelling argument for for anybody that's sitting in a in a marketing chair that's buying sponsorship. Um, and it, it happens a lot, um, probably more times than, than, than we would think of. Um, but, but you do have to simplify things down. Um, and, and I think you're exactly right. A buyer can see through someone and whether it's, whether it's something that they're intentionally trying to communicate or something that they unintentionally, unintentionally communicate, um, they can sense when someone maybe doesn't believe and, and some of it could just be insecurity. Uh, but you, but, but you got to simplify things and you got to be authentic and stick to blocking and tackling. Um, and that, that always helps Matt. Yeah. Well, so I wanted you to go first. Cause I figured you probably had more experience in that than we do because frankly, I, we haven't had that experience because we only hire Texas X's almost exclusively and intentionally, <laughs> certainly, uh, to an extent with experience and otherwise, but in our, I mean, I've been here 22 years. We've hired one non-Texas seller. Uh, he was a Baylor grad and a baseball player. And when we asked him if he could put on the burn orange white, his answer was when the Yankees call, I'm there. So he sold us and he stayed with us wow. for 14 years. But coincidental of this conversation after 14 years, he just recently left and you know where he went? Back to his alma mater to work and develop yeah. for Baylor. <laughs> and that yeah. tells you how much that, how important that is to yeah. people to ultimately work for the place where they, they went to school. But I can tell you our current sales team right now of six people, including our general manager has been there 32 years, um, has over 115 years at, at Longhorn Sports Properties, not counting the 14 year veteran that just left. And then we have two other key support roles that between them is 35 years at Longhorn Sports Properties. So that's 150 years of experience at Longhorn Sports Properties on our team. Um, and that just can't, I mean, you can't replace that. Right. And the other benefit leading to having, uh, people work for you that go to the alma mater is stability. Yeah. And obviously all yeah. those years of experience speak to that. We, we don't have any turnover. I've been, like I said, we've hired our first salesperson just this last year, uh, someone who went to a different undergrad, but got his master's at Texas. So we counted it, um, <laughs> but we had hired one salesperson prior to that in my, in the last 10 years. Wow. 
And when you don't have turnover, you don't have the training, you don't have necessarily the circumstances and situations like Brandon may have had to experience at times and a lot of other properties have to deal with where people are sitting in that chair as a job, as you kind of referenced, Paul, it feel it can feel mercenary sometimes if they don't have that emotional connection. When they're, this isn't a stepping stone, hopefully when you get to your alma mater, that's a destination. Yeah, that's a great point. Cause that, that stops the turnover problem, which is what is just plaguing um, schools all around the country. I'm, I'm gonna go a little different direction right now. I'm gonna ask you guys something funny. Yeah. It, it's uh, it just, cause I've always thought about it. Um, you know, when I was when I was with the Bucks, uh, you know, the team was horrible, um, which I've said over and over again. I had an escape, right? Every Saturday, I could go to a a Florida State game and 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 escape that and have that emotional release of going to a game. And and you know, I, I now with my current job, um, that hasn't changed. I'm able to go to football games. I listen to uh, basketball games. I, I go to as many baseball games as I can. I listen to all of them, and all of those are kind of destinations for me to escape work. Uh, not that I, I mean, I love my job, but I still get to go. And that's like a recreational escape for me. Mm-hmm. Y- you guys um, don't have that. So I, so I ask you both, you know, how do you, how do you deal with that? I mean, I know that when you were a fan, you know, when you were going to school, uh, the games were treated one way. Now they're not the same. They're not the same level of escape because you're still, you're truly on the job, uh, even if you're just listening. Um, so what is that like for y'all, Brandon? I'll start with you. Um. In the early 2000s, probably uh, the first 10 years of my career, I had a difficult time trying to identify an escape because um, I was so invested in the early years of my career of one, trying to prove myself um, and and to establish my career and my relationships in the community. And it felt like, you know, every day was a work day. Uh, and, and you come out of those those Saturdays if things don't go well for you. Uh, on the field or or even in sponsorship activation and those kinds of things and you're trying to find a retreat the the greatest thing for me was was family and and having children and it's amazing to me my young son Hudson who is now nine uh, who is starting to figure out that wins and losses matter emotionally Uh, but you know when he was five years old going to his first Tennessee football game it did not matter what that final score was when he saw dad after the game it was how cool the experience was. It was the opportunities that he saw for the first time when the team ran through the tee onto the field. It was the the ball walk before the game. It was all these traditional things that draw you in and emotion create these emotional ties for you. And and he was not concerned at all about the outcome of the game, but the experience overall. And and so being able to spend time with him um, and 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 listen to him basically almost talk like I did when I was 10 years old mm-hmm. and you know, that helps so much. And then, and then also he's, he's become competitive in sports now. And so he and I engage in, in his youth sports activities and it's a terrific way to completely unplug. Um, but I, I'll tell you this Hudson, Hudson and I will, will get together one time on game day and he and I will watch the band march across campus and then into the stadium and it's probably the five minutes um, on a game day where, where I'm completely unplugged from from the Vol Network activity, and I get to do something with my son, and that helps me stay really grounded and realize just how important it is. Here's my nine-year-old, and this means so much to him, and it's almost reflective of the fan base um, yeah. that that only gets a few opportunities a year to experience things, and, and I think it's it's great reflection for me because we are so extremely tied into the program and we probably take for granted a lot of the access that we have 
And you, mm-hmm. you have to remember fans typically don't have that kind of access. And, and to, to see one tradition on a game day is such a big deal to someone. Um, actually, I think it makes me better. Yeah, that's awesome. And I know, Matt, you, you coach your kids too, and maybe that's your answer as well. Yeah, well, I'm, I'm at 43. I'm still learning <laughs> to unplug. I'm trying to be more like Brandon Parks. But, no, I echo that for sure. Once you had kids, that changes the dynamic. Um, and, yeah, I looked at Little League games and other competitive outlets just because, by nature, that's how I am and Brandon is as well. You know, you've got bowling teams and slow-pitch softball and Little League and all these other things that you can can invest some energy and time into. Um, and obviously kind of reverse to you, uh, when you're at Tampa Bay going, then Florida state was your outlet. You know, we have pro sports outlets, right? Um, it's odd as I am a Texas X and died or, you know, deep in the roots here in Austin as family, but I am a diehard Cardinals and blues fan for uh, baseball and hockey. So, you know, I can check into those, uh, separate of, you know, everything I'm tied in with athletics. And then one other thing I would add that's cool, obviously, about working in college athletics and sure, football is so much of what drives our business. But here at Texas, we compete in 20 sports and I will be just as excited when our volleyball team or swim team or baseball team, softball team is doing well as when our football team is doing well. So, yeah, football lost on Saturday. But heck, on Tuesday night, we got a huge volleyball match where we we won. So there are instant pick me ups just within the athletics schedule itself. That's pretty cool. So OK, um... It kind of is streaming on the fan concept. So you guys both, obviously, you're at games, the big games, you know, basketball, football, baseball, you know, gymnastics, whatever. You're at the big events. And let's say you're at a game and, and you are you're doing what you have to do uh, as a business perspective, getting it ready, working about operations, all the things. Something goes awry. The LED board goes down or the you're in a suite with some clients and the AC goes south. Uh, and it's a big game. Are, are you guys... And I'll start with Matt. Are you guys upset as a fan that your experience was impacted because of your business relationship? <laughs> yeah, you just kind of have to grin and bear it. It's funny. I can think of specific instances, and one that immediately came to mind uh, was a football game where we had to we came up short on staff for an exit distribution, and it was a tight game against Oklahoma State. And I'm standing outside the gates, getting ready to hand out whatever was our responsibility at that time, um, at in a very tight game where our punt to muff the punt. The other team recovers and kicks the game-winning field goal, and I was outside the gates for the whole thing. Oh no! And yeah. it was oh, no. it was odd. <laughs> um, and how so, were you? How were you? Were you listening, or were you? How did you? Listening. I, you were listening. Yep. You okay. had it had it in my ear, and I would. You know, the other thing I would offer, as far as I didn't think of when you first asked the question, um, is away games for football specifically. Because home games, yeah, these are 12, 14, 16, sometimes longer hour days, and it's all work from start to finish. Now, away games, yeah, sometimes you might take a client or something, but by and large, and certainly before I had kids, I lived for away games because I didn't have any work. I got to just go be a fan, sit in the van section, experience whatever that you know was cool about that particular destination, and didn't have any of those responsibilities. Right. And so away games were definitely an outlet that I looked forward to for football. Um from the grind and the work that comes along with a home football game. I know when I think about great times in my life, sitting in the corner of the end zone in Ames, Iowa is right there. I mean, just (laughs) so I was thinking more about Columbus, Ohio, Okay, um, you know, going out to LA for games at the Rose bowl, those kind of things. I get it. All right, Brandon, Uh, Paul, we could probably do an entire podcast on, um, issues that arise on game day when things don't go as planned. Um, yeah. And I remember, pre-LED 
world, which which seems like ancient times, but we had the the permanent fascia signs in Neyland Stadium. And one of my early goals was to sell a sign a signage package in the stadium because uh, it was such beachfront real estate. And so I had sold a fitness club on a, a permanent sign in our stadium. Uh, we get to the first game. It's a night game. Stadium's packed, hundred thousand people. Everything's going great. Second quarter the ballast blew out in the back of their sign. So there were 20 signs in the stadium, 19 were lit up. And here's the one partner that I had brought to the table. And their sign was not <laughs> glowing. Uh, and I remember it was 24 hour fitness, but only 12 hour signage. Yeah. I remember specifically the club owner is texting me, asking me if someone can climb up into the sign at halftime to change the ballast out. And, you know, my only response was, well, the good news is there's 19 signs that all look the same. Your sign does not look the same. So I would say more people are paying attention to it. And that was the only <laughs> twist that I knew how to, to give. Um, and I, I'd love to get Matt's perspective on this. We're, we're so busy on game days. And, and certainly the pregame activations is, is, is a whole world in and to itself. But when we transition to the stadium, there's so much networking that goes on. There's so much client entertainment that goes on. And for us, we have our, our radio booth where the production of our statewide broadcast is occurring. We have the game production booth where our director of signage is at, and he is he is running through his format for the game. And so we move around so much uh, with within and during the game. I actually don't see a ton of the game intently mm -hmm. as I would like to as a fan. And I that's hard to transition because because you do care about seeing the plays in the moment and and you don't always get to see that um and so i'd be interested in, in matt's feedback on that how how do you find times during a game to to be a fan and to actually watch your team live and in the moment all the while trying to still execute everything that you're trying to get done on the game day uh, yeah, that's a, a great question and accurate description, obviously, as to what our what we're doing in the middle of the game. But honestly, I try not to do both because if I if I'm trying to still stay engaged in the game as a fan, it's it's just too distracting. And then I'm not doing the other thing I need to. I just kind of say, all right, well, I'll watch the game after it's over when I get home tonight. <laughs> um, I, or, I you same, know, I do the same thing. Yeah, I, I just shut it, it down. It. <laughs> I become an employee love the stadium, just like the, the folks behind the concession stands are in the team shop and they're there and the game's happening over in the side and they might be able to see the TV. But I just, I can't do both. Um, at least in, because I'm either all in, right? You know, I want to be yeah. connected and then I get real frustrated if, oh, I have to go do this other thing and then I don't necessarily have the right frame of mind or attitude if I'm talking to a client or trying to provide a surprise and delight, pull somebody from their season tickets, take them down on the field. And I'm not focused on what I need to be focused on. So by and large, I just shut down. And well, to to your point, that's probably what makes road games so good. Yeah. Because in theory, our radio production is the the main emphasis of the day, and so you can. I know when we're on the road, I, I can watch intently um, mm -hmm. versus versus a home game and everything else that we're responsible for. Mm. Yep. That's great stuff, guys. Thank you both very, very much. I, I this is this has been really, really fun. I didn't have to say hardly anything, which just makes this podcast so much better. So uh, thank you, uh, thank you, Matt Priest. Uh, you were terrific. Uh, congratulations last night. Uh, and on behalf of Brandon Parks, I'm Paul Sickman with Knox Sports. Uh, we thank you for listening to Knox Talk. We'll see you again soon.